Ashley Brock reading Nora Roberts' book, Finding the Dream, Chapter 14. Mike and Ferry had jumped off buildings, fought and jungled, weathered a typhoon at, storm at sea, raced cars at high speed, and at one time or another broke several major bones in his body. He'd been in bar fights, spent the night in a cell where the artwork on the walls ran to automatically exaggerated as etchings of female organs. He had killed men and loved women. And he had, he realized, led a sheltered life. He had never faced the perils and predicaments of getting two girls out of the house on a school day. What do you mean you can't wear those shoes? They don't go with my outfit. His eyes narrowed his steady alley floral skirt and pink sweater. Has she been wearing some green thing a minute ago? That's what you said the last time, and it looks fine to me. They're just shoes. In the way of... In the wave of, of every female since Eve's snapped on a fig leaf, Allie rolled her eyes. They're the wrong shoes. I have to change them. Well, hurry up, Jesus. He muttered as she dashed back upstairs, leaving Kagan to Kayla tugging at her horny's hand. I forgot how to spell Bethlehem. A-L-L-I-S-O-N. She giggled at that. Not really. Is it L-A-M or L-E-M? A. He was pretty sure his spelling homework wasn't exactly a strong point. And then... And if they did get moving, he was going to be late meeting this contractor. The backup, the backup was building permits that already put him behind. Now Allison in her shoes. Allison, I'm walking out the door with or without you in ten seconds. Sometimes Mama says that to you, Caleb, but she never does. I will. Come on. He took Caleb to the door. You can't go without her. I like Caleb. Trotters decided to his car. Mama's gonna be mad if you do. We're going in the car. Come on. How will he get to school? She can walk. Michael Sigram and whatever show she picked out this time. He solved the crisis of Caleb's broken baronet hat and knee. And her, and her hair looked okay to him. Tied back with a rubber band he pulled out of his own hair. He had panicked when Allie claimed to have misplaced her book back. But he had found it himself. Under the kitchen table where she dumped during her breakfast. He remained the calm mediator when the two girls had fallen into a minor catfight over whose turn it was to feed the pets. And he had not faltered when Bongo had expressed his sorrow that his young mistresses were leaving him by peeing in the foyer. No, he had stood strong through all that. Michael thought as he grunted the engine, but he knew when he was being dicked around and he wasn't taking it. Patient turned to smugness when he saw Allie flying out of the house. Indignation flashed in her eyes as she pulled open the car door. You were going to leave without me. That's right, Belong. Do you get in? Now, wedding it. The C, under the circumstances that the nickname delighted her, Shangleton, there's only two seats. Where am I supposed to sit besides your sister? But, and now, at the snapped order, she moved fast, squeezing beside Caleb. Finally, dramatically, when Michael reached over to tuck the seatbelt around both of them, she announced, I don't think this is legal. It was her best lady of the matter voice. Michael realized her mother was called cop. He muttered and started to drive. For the next 15 minutes, he was treated to a run of complaints. She's pushing me. She's talking all the, taking all the time. She's sitting on my skirt. The muscle body eyes began to twitch. How did anyone, anyone, tell her they, they see her every morning of their life? I need to go over my words, Caleb. I'm having a test. Michael, Allie's pushing her elbow on me. <laughs> Allie got a grip. He blew away the hair that takes his gift to Caleb. Dancing in his eyes. There's not enough room, Allie informed her. She's taking up the whole seat. I am not. You are too. I am at the snarl. She's from the man beside them. Both girls slapped into momentary silence. Satisfied, Michael took a coma. <laughs> what are the spelling words? I can't remember. I have them written down in my notebook. The wall inch ball. Back in her voice, 
the way it's back in the woods. If I don't get a hundred, I don't get to play on computer free time. So get the notebook out. <laughs> this as he should have known cost more complaints. You're stepping all over my shoes. You're getting them dirty, Kayla. I'm going to. I don't want to hear about those shoes, Blondie. Switch was back down. Not a word about the shoes. Hear my words. Try up Kayla waved the notebook. <laughs> Cocking one hand in her enthusiasm. Well, study them or something. No, Allie reads them, then I spell them, and I have to use each one of the sins. I don't want to read them. Michael sent Allie in there. Want to walk? Oh, all right, with little Grace. She snatched the notebook. They're just baby words. They are not. You're just mad because Todd likes Marcy better than you. He does not, and I don't care anyway. You didn't learn your words because you were too busy drawing dumb pictures. They are not dumb. You're dumb because cut it out right now. We have to stop this car. Fault. <laughs> He trailed off. It's just what he thought. He said. He and he just said what he thought. He said, "Dear Christ, he was more stinks than before." Allison, just read the words. I'm going to. She sniffed, peered down her nose at Kayla's careful written list. Committed. C O M M I T T E D. She parroted the letters and bit her lips. She fumbled for the sentence, looking hopefully at my. Michael Fairley, industry volunteer to drive two young girls' school, has now been committed to an institution for the permanently insane. It <laughs> made Allie laugh. He's just being silly. Don't bet on a kid. But he wrecked his brain. Come up with an alternative. The witness pointed accusingly at the man who committed the crime. How's that? Okay. They ran through the rest of Michael nearly cross-eyed by the time he pulled through the gates of the academy. His ancient Porsche merged with shiny Mercedes's sedated Lincolns and snappy four-wheel drives. Scram, he said, I'm, I'm late. You're supposed to say have a good day, Caleb reminded. Yeah, we'll have one then later. Michael, us. Now kiss us goodbye. She pressed her lips, planted one on him. You know, she peered over Allie. Allie doesn't want to kiss me. She's still mad at me. I am not. She sniffled the graciously over Caleb. Touched her lips and she... Thank you for driving to school. It was my education. He told her then watched her scurry up the granite steps with hordes of other children. Jesus, Laura, thrust his aching head on the steering wheel. How do you get through that every day without drinking heavily? She could have told him it was all a matter of planning, discipline, and priorities, and prayers for patience. At the end of this particular day, because the first three had crumbled in her hands, she was doing a lot of praying. Could she have anticipated that two women from rival romance magazines would start a fistfight in the lobby? She didn't think so. Could she have guessed that after their efforts to dispel the hair-pulling, teeth-snapping, name-calling for her, two of her bell people would require stitches? She doubted it. Could she, after the event, predicted the arrival of the press, the cameras, the questions, and the necessity for her to answer questions? But she didn't have to like it. Things hadn't gone that much more smoothly when she arrived late at pretenses to find Kate in an uproar because Margot had developed into her section spreadsheets then there had been the customer who insisted on watching the three children she herded into the shop with her loitering in the wardroom room while they ran rampant there was almost a broken vase fingers smudged counters and frazzled nerves a woman left in a huff after being asked to watch her children pay for the damages life was no more simple when she returned home ready to whimper found herself faced with an upcoming science project quest volunteered for shepherd on a field trip to the aquarium in that parental terror 
Long division. It didn't perk up for Moon to discover that Bongo had expressed his adoration for her by burrowing into a closet and chewing three shoes, each from a different pair. And her parents were arriving the next day. All right. Laura scrubbed her hands over her face. After she changed into slack, she would handle it. Homework was run. Bongo chastised. And it was unlikely that Templeton would be sued because a couple of women went ballistic in the lobby. Still, she needed some air, which would give her an opportunity to make certain that old Joe had the garden up to speed, that the past had been whipped, and since she'd forgotten to ask Anne to see that the pool was vacuumed and readied for her mother's visit, she would see to that herself. Rolling up her sleeves as she went, she paused past Allie's room. She stopped a moment and smiled. She heard both of her daughters inside, chattering away over some recent movie, Hearts That Up, who wasn't yet old enough to shave. They were giggling. Nothing could be really wrong with the world when her daughters were giggling. She slipped out the side door, knowing that Anne would lecture her to leave the landscaping pool to old Joe and his grandson, but Laura knew that young Joe was scrambling for his final exams, and it would take her ten, well, twenty minutes to put things right besides. She enjoyed the mindless task of manually vacuuming the pool, gave her a chance to dream in the garden, which she noted with pleasure was blooming beautifully. Old Joe's burstex must have been behaving itself. He put in new beds of annuals, filling it among the petunias with splashes of color and sweeps of comb shape. The pasture swept clean, the mulch damp from water and enrichment. Looks like we're in business, she said to the pup. Turn along with her. She had to forgive him for the shoe incident when he looked so am ashamed and culturally licked her face. Now you sit and behave yourself. Well, to make amends, Bongo plopped on the skirt of the pool, watching her over his saggy paws out of eyes. Days would love. Of course, Laura thought if she'd remembered to pick up a new droid, the pool would be cleaned automatically. All she had to do was remember to write it down when she went back to the house. Otherwise, she was going to have to break down and buy one. Those electronic pads like Kate Kip kept in her pocket at all times, but it wasn't a problem to unwind the houses from their tidy box in the pool shed or slip the attachments together. She went about it mechanically daydreaming. She would settle the kids for the night. It was so good to have Allie smile. I mean, it at their goodnight hug. Perhaps Allie was delusional about her father, but she felt better about herself. That was what mattered most. Then she would go over the household accounts with Annie Laura Muse. Things were looking up there as well. Her dual incomes and the interests on the investment Kate had made for her were holding them above water, but Laura's calculations in another six months or so, they might actually be able to swim a few swim a few laps so she wouldn't sell any more of her jewelry unless absolutely necessary she wouldn't have to duck and dodge questions from her parents or josh and maybe just maybe she'd be able to juggle funds to buy that horse for ellie after all she'd take a close look at her own books later or tomorrow she moves thinking of michael she wanted to go to find it she wanted to go again go to him again tonight to forget everything but being feeling he did that for her made her feel like the center of the universe when he made love to her she always dreamed of a man who would think of nothing but her when she was in his arms, who would love himself and her as she lost herself, would lose himself and her as she lost herself and him, of knowing that he was so focused on her when he touched her that there was room for nothing else in his mind or heart. Oh, she did wish she knew his heart. That was her problem, she admitted, running the pole smoothly through the water. She wanted that foolishly romantic love she dreamed of as a girl. So furious love, she thought with a quiet laugh, the kind of love would die, a woman would die for. Well, she couldn't afford to be doughy-eyed enough to hurl herself off a cliff for anyone. She had children to raise, a house to run, 
and a career, a surprisingly interesting career to maintain, so she would happily settle for whatever she and Michael had between them, be grateful for it, more than grateful, she thought, tonight in bed, when he put his hands on her again, those impatient, rough-palmed hands that took whatever they wanted and made her wild with need, the way he murmured her name softly, deeply, when he slid into her to mate. What the hell are you doing? The pole nearly slipped out of her hands at the sharp tone, her head jerked up, and there was her lover, scrowling, standing spread-legged, hands in pockets, with his hair loose and flowing, fighting against a reckless urge to leap on him and tear in. She told her head, Why? I'm mixing a souffle. What does it look like? Why the hell are you doing that yourself? He was beside her in two angry strides, pulling the pool away. Don't you have servants to do this? Actually, no, I let the pool boy go a couple of years ago when I learned that Candy was using him for her personal maintenance as well as her pool. I found it awkward. He wasn't going to smile or even smirk. Coming across her like this, seeing her laboring over some ridiculous menial chore after putting in a full day, burned him. Then hire another one. I'm afraid it doesn't fit into the scheme of things just now. In any case, I'm perfectly capable of doing it myself. They get a closer look, she brushes at his hair. He seemed a little frazzled, Michael. Rough day. He'd been in a pisser of a mood since his contractor had estimated it would be six months before the rebuilding was completed. There had been a lot of blah 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 about permits, inspections, zoning, but the upshot was that he was going to be Lower's tenant for a great deal longer than he anticipated. He didn't want to be her tenant to hand over a written check every month. It wasn't the money, he thought. Fuming was the... It was awkward. I've had better. He nudged her aside and began to run the vacuum himself. But we're not talking about me. You can't raise two kids, hold down two jobs, and deal with this sort of nonsense, too. Why don't you just close the damn pool? Because I enjoy swimming, and there are a lot of women who do a great deal more than I do and manage very well. They're not you. Which said it all in his mind. No, they don't have a beautiful home that no one would ever take from them, and they don't necessarily have a job that they're in no danger of jeopardizing if they need to flex their schedule. So does she fought with a moment. I am not the paper princess you seem to think. I'm a she is to capable intelligent woman who can run her own life very well. Sick and tired of people pat me on the head and say, Poor Laura behind my back. She ain't sore. I am not poor lord, and I can clean my own goddamn pool. Give me back the stupid pool. No, it had calmed him considerably. See your temper flare. There wasn't much of one, as far as he could see, but there was potential. Was potentially in those stormy eyes. Flushed your cheeks. <laughs> Gritted teeth. Keep messing with me, sugar. And I'll toss you in. It's a little cold for a dip this evening. Fine. Do it yourself. You're a man. After all, men are so much more capable doing mindless chores. But I didn't... Ask for your help, nor do I need it, nor do I need your starling advice or your unsophisticated criticism on how I handle my life. That's telling me, he said it equally. My hands are shaking, starting to shake. I stared at this. You too could be taking a dip. Interesting, he thought. Did she actually have a physical temper in there? Is that so? You want to try to take me down? If I didn't, you'd be treating water and. Oh no, Bonjo, no! Insults pe paled when she caught sight of the pup busily digging up the newly planted pins. Stop that! Stop that right now! She dashed across the pool skirt, snatched up the pup, frowned out as his dirt. Most weird nose. How could you? Didn't I tell you? No, it's bad. You're not to dig enough flowers. When she set him down to survey the damage, Mongo cheerfully leaped into the mess and began digging again. I said no. Stop it. Why don't you listen to me? Because he knows you're a pushover. Bonjo. Michael's voice, the pup lifted his head and grinned seriously. Michael could almost hear the sentiment. Well, gee, Mick, just having a little fun here. Mike snapped his finger, pointed, and Bongo patted out. 
shook himself and sat politely. Tore between disgust and admiration. Laura hissed between you. How do you... How do you get him to do that? Is a gift. That's just great disgust. One. She dragged her hands through her. I can't control five pound puppy. Just takes practice and patience. Well, I don't have time to practice now. She's down on her knees in a flash. I'm working bedding plans. And I'm not, and I'm out of patience. Oh, Joe's going to kill me for this. Laura, though it seemed obvious, oblivious, obvious to point it out. Michael crouched and pointed out him. He works for you. A lot you know, she muttered. Desler smoothing upturned mulch with her bare hands. If I so much as sniffing under this design rose in his garden, he she broke. Don't you sit there, help me. I thought you didn't need any help. Shut up, Michael. She brushed her hand over her cheek, smeared it with gardener. Just shut up and save these panties for Bonko, and I both end up in the paw in the pound. Since you have so nice, she shoved roots back into soil and heard her let out a long kneeling kneading moan. Not like that for Lord's sake, you're not planning redwoods have a little delicacy. <laughs> Sorry, it's my first day on the job. He shook his head as she shifted, not the dirt in a way that was sure to send her. Trim pastel slacks into the rag heap, and always thought to save the sensibility of an ancient grant gardener. You're unscared of the rest of your staff, too. Damn right, most of them have been here longer than I have. This could work. Her hands coated now with black. Soil smooth and bad. You're hardly to be able to tell when I'm done here, but who am I fooling? He can tell if you have like a spray of crab gas, which is fine. As long as you ask first. <laughs> it's looking fine to me. Like you know a pansy from a green mushy mother. Now you're getting nasty. You've got something. Casually swiped his hand over cheek, adding a fresh layer to her. There and here. You need a little to even out the look. I suppose you think that's funny. Check up for dignity. She brushed at her face. Only succeeded in making it worse. No. He picked up a handful of damp pine mulch and dropped it on her. That's funny. A pity I don't have your racist sense of humor, but let me try. She rubbed both her filthy hands over her shirt. There, I'll die from laughter now. He glanced down on his shirt. He just washed the damn thing. Now you've done it, he said quietly. The tone warned her not to inch back, not to bother. Who's reasoning and excuses but to run? She sprang to her feet. Then the dog gave a frantic, joyful bark. She managed two sprinting yards before he snagged her around the waist and lifted her off her feet. You started it, she managed between choke laughs. Uh huh, so I'm obliged to finish it. I'll have your shirt clean. Whoops, he watched the world revolve as he slipped it onto his, flipped it over in his arm. Why? Why, Mr. Fury, you're so masterful, so strong, so what are you doing? Amusement turned to panic as she caught a glimpse of his direction and realized the tension. Michael, this isn't funny now. Just my racist sense of humor again. He told her as he strode toward the edge of the pool. Don't, now, I mean it. Michael, in self-defense, she looked around her arms like... I'm covered with dirt, and it's chilly, and I've just cleaned the pool. Just look at the way it sparkles, too. Controlling her fainter wiggling, he told off his shoes. Looks so pretty in the twilight, doesn't it? I will make you pay, she felt. I swear, I will make you pay if you dare. Hold your breath, he suggested, and jumped in. But she was streaking when she hit the water. Swallowed. It came up joking. You fool, you idiot, you... She swallowed more when he pushed her head under. What he hadn't counted on was a lure Templeton had been captain of her swim team and had won a drawer full of medals and had more than one 
Pirates successfully defended herself against the big brother's bullying. While he treaded water and roared with laughter, she nipped fluidly between his legs, grabbed hold where a man was not most vulnerable, and squeezed. She could hear the muffled echo of his yelp, smiled grimly, and yanked downward. Streaking away, she broke the surface and waited smugly for him to wheeze out breath and flail toward the side. Now that, she said, slickly back her dripping hair. What's well, funny? He had his breath back, mostly not or nearly. One of our dirty sugar. This is my element, Michael. You're in over your head. Think so. He'd done more than a few water stunts in his day. Pushed off the side and pursued. She was faster than he'd given her credit for. And slickier. He knew when he was being taunted. The way she nipped just out of reach and dived for the bottom. The fluidity was while she changed direction and dodged. They surfaced again, watching each other over the lapping one. <sighs> Well, Jane's her constricting. She cocked her head. If you need an excuse, she snagged one of her shoes as it floated by. Side. Four pair in one day. Has to be a record. Philosophically, she planted her feet and stood. The water streamed off her, glued the thin material of her blouse to the high, full cover of her breast, to the narrow torso and subtle flare of hip. In the shadow light, her dripping hair curled wildly and glowed like wet gold. <sighs> now you are playing dirty, he murmured, pouting. Pouring the water out of her shoes, she looked over at him. Her hand remained aloof. Her hand remained aloof. Her eyes had it one his. As he slowly skimmed through the water toward her, as he stood, he slid his hands over her thighs, hips, sides, left them molded to her breast. Michael, she dropped out of her hand and plopped into. We can't. I'm just gonna kiss you. His hand slipped wetly to her back, down to cup her bottom as he eased back, until they were floating again. And told you. And drive us both a little crazy. Oh, her head was already spinning as his teeth caught her lip tuck. Well, if that's all, she wrapped herself around him, let him take her through the cool water. With her mouth that grew hungrier, more avid, seeking his over and over again, going deeper with tongues, tingling, breath clashing, need pounded through him with anvil shock. She was destroying him, her legs gripped hard so that... Her tight little bowl body molded to his. His hips moved seductively. Her hips moved seductively so that sex rubbed against sex. Laura. But she answered with an impatient moan, tunneling her hands through his hair, savaging his throat. His loins began to throb like a wound. Hold on a minute. I want you. Her voice was thick. The words hot against it. I want you. I want you. We can't do this here. Good day. His mind went blank with your mouth. Fit to his again. He sank with her so that the water surrounded him. Her hair floated out like the mermaid who watched them from the bottom. He wanted to keep sinking. Sinking just like this with his mouth hard on hers. Sinking to a world where air didn't matter. Light didn't matter. Where there was nothing but her in this churning sweet ache of need. When they surfaced again, he shook his head trying to clear it. The cake wants to keep... No, it wasn't a word he expected to say to a woman under the circumstances. It came out weak as he pressed her head on his shoulder. You better give me a minute. She floated with him, dizzy with desire, dazed with terror. I seduced you. Sugar, you damn near killed me. She threw her head back and laughed. I seduced you, she repeated her face. I didn't know I could. It's liberating. You come on over to my place tonight, and you can be as liberated as you want right now. Keep your hands off me. <laughs> she linked her hands behind his neck, easing back so that she could see his face in the family. He wanted to tear my clothes off me. I'm still thinking about it, so behave yourself. 
I wanted to tear yours off too. Wonder what that would feel like to just rip away at your clothes and bite you. Sometimes I just want to sink my teeth and shut up. And a fancy cup to head and pulled it to shore again. I think I've created a monster. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you should hit the switch. I like it. She'll have to get an arch back so that she was floating from the waist up. Let's come back here tonight when everyone's asleep and go skinny dipping. Make love in the water. Then we'll go for a walk on the cliffs and make love there. And just like Sophia and Felipe. She was again, rest up again in water. She was like, let's do something crazy. He was about to do something crazy just then when he caught the sound of footsteps on the path. Movement. Suddenly, he hoped he changed his grip. Hoped he wasn't holding an inappropriate part of the daughter of the house. Laura. Susan Templeton's rose shot up into her spiky bang. She didn't consider herself to be a woman who was easily surprised, but it certainly rocked her to see her daughter clinging to a man in the pool with the look of a woman who had recently been thoroughly aroused. Mom! Shock came first and eating her cheeks from embarrassment. Swiggled Michael and Elf firm. Neither of them knew if it was out of stubbornness or habit. You're here! Yes, I am. Well, you're supposed to be here tomorrow. We finished up our business a little early. She spoke smoothly, but then she was a smooth woman. Small, delicate, build like her daughter. She looked young and cheek in her velvety traveling suit, her dark blonde hair. Cap Jimmy style around a sharp, interesting face. We thought, she said with a faint edge of amazement, that we, we thought, she said with a faint edge of amusement, that we surprised you. I think we succeeded. Yes, I was just, we were. That was the trip. Lure in it. Lamely. Fine. Manners polished to a high sheen. Susan stepped forward. It's Michael, isn't it? Michael Fury. Yeah. With a jerk of his head, he tossed his wet hair back. Nice to see you again, Mrs. Templeton. End of chapter 14.